The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Oh, where to start TV and streaming with Joe O'Shea and Elaine Burke. Let's actually start with the Tommy Tiernan interview with Roy Keane on the return of the comedian show last Saturday night. Let's just hear a little bit of it. I, I always thought one day you'd walk out here and uh, uh, be sitting opposite me. Do you know, um, I feel we know a side of you. Uh, it, I feel you're kind of, are you guarded? Say when you're on the telly doing the soccer thing, right? It's it's kind of mannish banter, to a degree. Uh, but I feel you, I feel like you're kind of with your family and your kids uh, have a completely different view of you than we have. Of course, yeah, it's a different different life I've got. Yeah, yeah. I think you do have a guard up. You do have to be wary of who you trust and what you're doing and. When I'm doing the games on the television, obviously that's that's my job and I take it seriously. I've always been serious about football. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, of course there is a, an element of watching your back. Because I've... Uh, you know, people always but, look... But, but, but who'd be out to get you? I didn't say anybody was out to get me. <laughs> Did you kind I? of implied it by saying watching no, your back. No, no. <laughs> okay. Listener Eddie says, in relation to the Roy Keane Tommy Tiernan interview, they showed each other too much respect. He needed to change things up at half time when it clearly wasn't working and maybe tweak the system to go for the win, but in the end they played on a sometimes exciting but ultimately boring nil all draw. Was it like that for you, Elaine? I actually think that's a great assessment, to be fair. Um, but I do just enjoy Roy. He, that's the kind of interview you're going to get with him. He is very direct. He is quite guarded as well. But I think he even said it himself, he appreciates managers when they kind of communicate kind of directly. And I think he appreciates that in an interview as well. If you ask a direct question, you'll get a direct answer. It just may not be have the layers and the nuance that Tommy wants in these really personal interviews. And you can hear the audience in that as well. And that was a difference uh, for this season because the other uh, interviews in previous seasons were recorded without an audience because of COVID restrictions. And it's actually interesting to see that dynamic come back to the show as well. And is that maybe taking away from the personal nature I had previously? Okay, what do you make, Joe Shaver? Um, rarely will you see an interviewer work as hard as Tommy Tiernan had to do uh, talking to Roy Keane and it was a very big get for them for you know first guest on the show returning it was kind of the battle of the beards in some respects there were like two old, pro- <laughs> old Testament prophets facing off across well, the table that's before Roy shaved off the beard and has <laughs> yeah. gone for the new uh, yeah. moustache yeah well he's got yeah he's um, it it, it People were saying Roy's guarded. If you're from Cork, you don't, you recognise what it is. And Roy is just, he's, you know, he actually said it early in the in the interview. He said, "Do you want me to turn a somersault?" You know, and, and it's it's that sort of Cork attitude of like, okay, what do you want me to do? Am I supposed to entertain you? What am I here for? Like, I'm just going to do my own thing. And it's interesting because 99 percent of the people you'll see interviewed on primetime TV are selling something. They're selling themselves. They're selling a podcast. They're selling a book, a movie, a TV show. Roy, even though he is, in some respects, in showbiz, he is a pundit on TV, and we can't forget that. It's not as if he's, you know, withdrawn from the world completely and he's living, uh, you know, on an island in, as, as a monk or anything like that. But he obviously has zero interest in selling himself. And he has a bit of fun. He likes giving the, you know, the answer that is not expected or pulling people up or saying, why are you asking me that? Or why, why would I think that? Or that doesn't make any sense to me. So it was interesting, but it, it, it was awkward as well. And, and it didn't, you know, as always, you didn't find out a lot about Roy Keane and maybe that's the whole point. 
Yeah, and what about this thing about, as Elaine brought up, about the live audience? And the reason I ask this, I've twice I've conducted live interviews with Roy Keane in front of an audience. Yeah. Once in the Olympia back in 2015, and we did a charity event down in Schlee for the Kerry Hospice in, in November 2021. And he was terrific with the audience and he just really mm. seemed to feed off it and the rest of it. I suppose the difference here maybe was Tommy Tiernan trying to get him to go into more personal areas yeah. that perhaps Roy wasn't comfortable with because it sounded there that neither of them were particularly comfortable. No, I don't think either of them were and I don't think either of them particularly enjoyed the experience and I think Tommy Turner was a bit thrown by the fact that he has had people on the show before where he can go deeper and they will respond and they will open up and they will go into areas that maybe they don't often talk about but Roy was never going to do that. It's... Roy just makes it clear and he said it himself you know uh, there are lines and he will not cross them and he will not allow anybody to cross them and that's it's a given with Roy Keane if you want him to talk about football if you want him to talk about his career if you want him to talk about the modern game FIFA you know even like during the World Cup he talks about workers rights in Qatar and stuff like that which was very interesting but he has no interest in talking about himself really or especially about his family As the listener here says an audience ruins the experience I suppose that is changing the dynamic of the Tommy Tiernan show because it is recorded and then it is edited quite a lot. I mean, a lot of people have been critical, for example, you know, the way maybe interviews that Ryan Tuberty does on The Late Late Show, but they are live interviews. What you see is what you get. Whereas Tommy Tiernan, I suppose, has the advantage of his producers have that they can cut and edit as they need to once a very lengthy interview has been done. Yeah, and I do think they need to preserve that format because at the end of the day, it is an interview taking place uh, with no preparation in advance. So I'm sure they need the editing to make sure that it flows really well. It has to work for primetime TV at the end of the day. Um, But it's interesting that they've had that chance to test out not by design, but by accident, the idea of not having an audience for it. And are they maybe going to have a, a think about that and see, did that work better? Was that better for getting maybe more cagey interviewees to open up that bit more? Because he is, I think he is a very strong interviewer, Tommy. And maybe if he had that one-on-one space, he could get those probing questions answered from time to time. Lister says, I thought the Roy Keane interview was so awkward, I couldn't take my eyes off it, which made it TV gold. Another one says, I thought Tommy was going to have to waterboard Roy to get answers out of him. <laughs> says, uh, Wouldn't have worked. Wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Another one says, uh, really funny, cork men defending cork man. I thought Tommy did very well, says John and Kilkenny. Joe, you and I from Cork, by any chance? Well, that might yeah, something to do yeah. with it. Well, of course, uh, Harry Windsor is definitely not from Cork. Uh, he gave an interview to ITV last night uh, the Prince Harry of the British Royal Family uh, let's hear a little bit of the bit where he denies he or his wife Meghan Markle accused the Royal Family of racism In the Oprah interview you accuse members of your family of racism you don't even really? well of the British press said that right I did, did Meghan ever mention they were racist she said there were troubling comments about yeah, there, there was skin concern color. about his skin colour right wouldn't you describe that as essentially racist? I wouldn't, not having lived within that family. Right. So, you again, don't, going, going back to yeah. the difference between what yeah. my understanding is, because okay. of my own experience, the difference between racism and unconscious bias, the two things are different. After the Oprah interview, they said that they were going to bring in a diversity star. That hasn't happened. Everything that they said was going to happen hasn't happened. I've always been open to wanting to help them understand their part in it. And especially when you are the monarchy at the you have a responsibility and quite rightly, people hold you to a higher standard than others. OK, Joe Shea, what did you make of this interview last night? 
Um, I, it, it, it was kind of, it kind of made me sad in a strange sort of way. And I, I kind of feel sorry for the guy at this stage. He's obviously very deeply troubled young man and has... He's not that young, reason. though, in fairness. Well, yeah, I suppose that's true as well. <laughs> He's but young maybe to you and me, Joe, but he, yeah, he is about the age of 40, I think, isn't yeah, he? Well, that's true. <laughs> but he's, he's, a, he's a troubled guy and it's a very obviously an incredibly dysfunctional family with like, you know... Uh, with is it not a normal the, family? <laughs> is, is it though, really? Because, I mean, you know, it's. I was just thinking about this. You, you've all that wealth and all that power, but then all of that formality and all of that, you know, the coldness that's seems to be at the heart of that family. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I'm not really that bothered about the British royal family. I could take him or leave him, to be honest with you. I just feel bad for that for, for that young man and also for the fact that he, he just can't seem to, is, there's never going to be an end to this for him, obviously. He's never going to have closure on this. He's just going to go on talking and talking and talking about it. And it's just interesting that the public seem to be getting a bit weary of it because Happy Valley, which launched last night, uh, you know that blockbuster uh, police procedure. So that got a, a higher audience uh, than the Prince Harry ITV interview. You know, a, a far higher audience. Prince Harry got an average of, of four point one million. Happy Valley got five point two million. Now, with the, for the Oprah interview, uh, when that was in, on on ITV back in twenty twenty one, eleven million viewers turned into that. And I think what we're seeing with Harry and Meghan is people are just getting, you know, they can't take it anymore. There's just this weariness setting in with the whole thing. Which is interesting, Elaine, because there's also been the Netflix series, which apparently is very different to what's in the book. But could it be that he's now overexposed, which could be to the horror of his publishers who spent about 20 million quid on this book. And it could be by the time that people go to see it in their bookstores that they've had enough of Harry. Yeah, and it's as Joe said earlier, generally people in interviews are doing interviews and doing publicity because they're promoting something. And at the end of the day, Harry is promoting Spare, which is released uh, this Wednesday, I believe. There's already been leaked. tomorrow, guys. We're, we're going there. to be covering it tomorrow oh, on the programme. We have Lisa Hand reading it for us at present, coming in to review it on tomorrow night's programme. Yeah, so like he's there to promote that. He obviously, like, he, he He's selling a book. He sold a series to Netflix. He needs to fund a lifestyle that's no longer going to be funded by his royal status anymore, apparently. Um, but I wonder, is the disparity in figures also to do with the lack of Meghan being in that interview? Because she actually has a lot of pulling power in this story too. And you have Oprah and Meghan and Harry in that previous interview. And I think, and it's really horrible to say this, but I think a lot of people would watch Meghan just to complain about her as well, which is another horrible thing that draws people to this story. Um, so... It is sad to see it because it's like it's obviously causing a lot of stress and heartache in their lives and they're, they're continuing to court that publicity the more they go on but they're obviously deciding to do this to, to continue to fund their lifestyle so it's they find themselves in this sticky place that they'll probably never get out of. Listener says the royal family should change its surname to Gallagher. Does that make Harry the Liam Gallagher and William the Noel Gallagher? Oh, I think Harry's the Noel. <laughs> <laughs> Can either of them sing or play guitar? I doubt it very much. <laughs> okay. Uh, and something I've talked about singing and playing guitar. John Lydon, once Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols, the punks of the 70s that everyone can remember went on Public Image Limited great band has a new single called Hawaii which could end up being Ireland's entry to the Eurovision Song Contest let's hear a bit of it
it's going to be up against Wild Youth and others in our National Song Contest. How could it have come to this, Joe Shea? Or did it come to it when he started advertising margarine previously? I don't know. I mean, the first thing to say is that's a beautiful song. I've listened to it about four, five times today. And it's, it's a love song to his, his wife, Nora, who um, is, is living with Alzheimer's. So those lines about remember me and journeys come to an end are interesting. But it, this is one of those stories. When I saw it this morning, I, I kind of had to read the headline about five times. And it just wasn't making any sense to me at all. Because the headline was something along the lines of uh, former Sex Pistol tri- uh, bids to represent Ireland at the Eurovision. And I, it just didn't make any But of course, John Lydon, his his mother was from Carrigrahan in Cork, um, you know, near Ballancolic, just outside the city. His dad was from Galway, very proud of his Irish, not proud of his Irish heritage, but acknowledges his Irish heritage. Probably one of the few people, rock stars, to appear on the top landing of Mountjoy and Top of the Pops as well, by the way. I think he spent a night in Mountjoy prison once. So he has an Irish passport. He travels on an Irish passport. This is very interesting. And I think he could actually end up representing Ireland at the Eurovision. He's going to be on the Late Late Show with the other five shows, uh, the other five songs on February the 3rd. The Eurovision is in uh, Liverpool in May. It could be that John Lydon of the Sex Pistols of Public Image Limited is going to be representing Ireland at the Eurovision. Strange. One listener says it sounds Bowie-esque, which I actually think is a very good description of what we just heard. But everyone else is mentioning Dustin the Turkey. Okay, everyone needs to shut up about that turkey. And also, I am personally affronted that the other two of you don't seem seem to think that being on the Eurovision is some sort of black mark on your it's music not. credentials. I That's love the Eurovision. That's what you're talking about. Well, I'm not on. having it. Isn't it, it I'm a not here for it. If you go from being a punk, being absolute anti-establishment, to wanting to be part of the Eurovision. But John and all the punks sold out years ago. I mean, everyone yeah, needs to get true. over that dream from the 70s, guys. I mean, even Viv, who died very, very recently, she capitulated in the end and just built an empire that was very capitalistic in its nature. So all the punk scene is over. Let's get over that. Put that aside. Public Limited. I'm a huge fan and I'm also a huge Eurovision fan. I don't think John's going to cinch it for us. I'm not a huge Wild Youth fan, but I think they might have the song and the backing to get them through to the final. Uh, I think Adji has a really good chance as well. Andrew Carr from Donegal. He also has a good streaming following. So their fans are going to vote them into this. And then hopefully their fans are going to vote them into the final because Brooks Gullion was robbed of that final place last year. She deserved it. <laughs> Picks of the week, Joe. What are you going for? Um... <clears throat> Phil Spector, there's a new, it's, it's now on Sky Documentaries, so you can watch on Sky Documentaries uh, every day or you can stream it. It's, um, it's a four-part series and it's looking at the life uh, of Phil Spector, one of the all-time great music producers responsible for the wall of sound, sound the sound of the 60s in many respects, but also had uh, was found guilty of murdering a lady called Lana Clarkson. This is a four-part documentary that does look at at, at Spectre's music career but really focuses in on the murder but also on Lana, Lana Clarkson who was kind of dismissed at the time as a, a B-movie actress who happened to be hanging around with him and fact Spectre shot her. Also, Spectre's daughter is involved in this, saying that he's, it was a miscarriage of justice. So I think this is going to be a fascinating look at, at celebrity, okay. at you know, crime, everything. You know, Looking forward to watching that myself. Yeah. Briefly, please, Elaine, what's your choice? Yeah, The Light in the Hall. It's going to be on twice this week, twice next week, and you can catch it all on all four. There was two episodes last week that I'm ready to binge now and, and get through this, and it's a bit of a, a murder mystery element to it. It's Sharon Joanna Scanlon, who's probably more known for comedy roles, but she's doing something very serious, very dramatic here for Channel 4. 
Thank you very much. That's the Lighten Hall on Channel 4. Elaine Burke and Joe Shea. And the listener says about Prince Harry, it's not the Gallagher family from Oasis that the last text referred refer to. It's the Gallagher family from Shameless. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.